You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome back to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And we are back again for the millionth time this week. It's a football podcast as we preview Arizona football. Millionth. It's, it's, I just like exaggerating. One millionth. <laughs> Can I finish? Arizona will be playing Washington on Saturday night. And uh, Jason's here to thrill us all with his analysis before the game as usual but before we begin before we begin because it's a football podcast we have a message from our sponsor you know who our sponsor is shelby who it is home field apparel home field apparel, apparel. Oh, Homefield's Apparel. Enter the code, go to homefieldapparel.com, enter the code WildcatScoop23, all caps, one word, and get 15% off your first offer. Homefieldapparel.com. There's a lot of football left. You need to wear clothing. It is illegal in a lot of places if you do not naked. wear clothing. And so Homefield Apparel helps keep you out of jail. They give you a solution to your naked Nudity problem. problem. Also, it's a red out at the Arizona game on Saturday. Big so day for bloods get, get something red. Bring, you know, from Homefield's Apparel. And they'll take care of you. Uh, I will say this, and I just want to go on record, that I'm assuming, unless it's top secret, Arizona does not have red uniforms. Should they have a red out and come out in white uniforms, it is, it'll continue. Like, schools do it all throughout the country. Like, Penn State has done it. We'll have, like, a blue out and they'll wear white. I don't get it. Stop these shenanigans. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't understand. I'm, I thought schools have, like, multiple combos of uniforms. Like, Arizona's got red in their school colors. That's weird. I like those red uniforms. I don't remember what year it is with the shiny red helmets. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. I want to say 2017 or something. Who is it that's, like, super into uniforms besides my dad? Uh, is it Kenny? It's, it's Big Dog Kenny. Kenny is the uniform guru. Kenny doesn't believe that there are red uniforms. Huh. Yeah, whatever right. Kenny says is the truth. We believe in you, Kenny. Thank you for your diligence in the uniform. I watching. want to point something out, actually. I want to give a shout out to Kenny. Okay. So Emmanuel Stevens is, is visiting for the Red and Blue game, and Kenny and I watched him this summer. And I didn't think he was that good at the time. I, it took me a few viewings, and Kenny turned to me in two minutes and said, Arizona needs this guy. They need to offer him. And I was like, I don't know. And Arizona offered him. So Kenny. Kenny, you were right. Kenny has the eye of a tiger. You got that eye. Also, I think that he might hold the record for like traveling the furthest. Like this is doesn't he live far away? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, he lives in Florence. It's kind of far though. He yeah. travels, and if it's a late night game for football, he's there, and he drives home. Like yeah, you don't that's mess around. Dedication. So this is our ode to Kenny. Take it away, Jason. Sing. Kenny. I listened to the 40 station again tonight. Yeah, Jason will, will be listening to rap or will be listening like on the Sirius XM. 
Like the, you know, the Dude, it was pop called hits. G.I. Jive. And then he'll put on the 40s on 4. <laughs> but G.I. Jive. It's not, it used to be 40s on 4. Now it's like on 71 or I something. Know, that's great. All right, here we go. Okay. Football game. Are you ready to go? Do you was, think you're going to make it? Because I know you're not feeling very good. I was born ready, Shelby. All righty, here we go. <clears throat> Let's see how you pronounce this name. <laughs> um, just how good has Michael Penix been this season? Oh, excuse I'm me. I'm not five years old, okay? I know how to say Penix. Okay, I've heard it well, on ESPN. I call it Penix because he rises to the occasion. Okay. And then I make other jokes. And then are... you are five years old. So, yes. You know. um, wow, you're really mean. Uh, he is good. Okay, next question. <laughs> I mean, look, Washington leads the nation in passing offense, total offense. Their offensive line is good. They lead the nation in sacks allowed. They're number three in the nation in scoring offense. Uh, over 17 games as a Husky, uh, Michael Penix has notched six. This is insane. You ready for the show, Yep. He owns six of the top ten single-game passing yard marks in Washington history. What? His first three games of the season are three of those six. So think yeah. about it. The top 10, and Washington has had some damn good quarterbacks. The top 10 single game performances in Washington history. Penix has six of them. All right? Impressive. He's only played 17 games. Is, uh, does Mariota have any of those? Mariota went to Oregon, Shelby. Oh, damn it. I always get him confused. Wow. Okay. Well, good podcast show. Whatever. Uh, what? It just happened. Penix, he's sixth in school history with career t- touchdown passes with 47. He's had 17 games, as I mentioned, 14 of them, multiple touchdowns. His yardage, sixth at Washington. Through four games, he is number one in total office, passing yards, passing yards per game, passing touchdowns, and number two in passing efficiency. In other words, you can make a very easy argument, in my opinion, that he is the leader in the Heisman race right now. There's a lot of football. There's going to be a lot of more difficult company, uh, competition. He hasn't faced the best competition so far this season. Uh, but his numbers are just stupid. Staggering. Um, and for all the attention that Caleb Williams gets at USC, and rightfully so, uh, Michael Penix has been right there, if not better, than this season. I believe in Vegas, he is the betting favorite for Le Heisman. No word on if Tanner McLaughlin is on there as he well. He should be. Um, well, yeah. I, honestly, it could be a situation where he's just, he's too, yes. So I'm looking. Michael Penix is plus 360. This is how good the conference is. Okay. Arizona's facing the two favorites for the Heisman in back-to-back weeks. Because <laughs> Michael Penix is plus 360. Caleb Williams is plus 400. And then Bo Nix is plus 1,000. So the Pac-12 has three of the four top Heisman favorites in their quarterbacks. Um, thankfully, Arizona doesn't face Oregon this year. But, uh, yeah. And then Shador Sanders is in there. Roma Dunze, it's crazy. But anyway, um, yeah, he's he's pretty much as good as it gets on the college level. And uh, he has been, you know, Arizona's obviously Caleb Williams and Michael Penix in back-to-back weeks. Uh, I would have to look um, if any team does that in the country, but there's probably not a harder two-game stretch of opposing quarterbacks than what we're going to see Arizona face in the next two weeks. So, yay! Turn that frown upside down, Shelby. Uh, okay. Well, uh, what type of weapons does Mr. Penix have? Yeah, so he likes guns a lot. Uh, wow. No, I'm just kidding. So, Shelby, uh, his receiving core is also stupid. <laughs> um, 
you know, we get Jalen McMillan, Roma Dunze, etc. Now, McMillan is questionable for this game. Jetfish said on Thursday that he doesn't believe in questionable. He's assuming that uh, that Jalen McMillan is is going to play. Uh, I would assume that also. Um, we'll see how he does and all that, but um, you know, it's it's we'll see, we'll see because he's been practicing and all that. Uh, Roma Dunze is ridiculous. Twenty seven catches, five hundred forty four yards, four touchdowns. You have just twenty yards to catch. Uh, and then you know I mentioned McMillan. Um, but Dylan Polk, 6'2 sophomore, 21 catches for also 427 yards and four more touchdowns, also averages 20 yards a catch. Both of those guys have longs of 50. And then, you know, it's they'll, they'll use the tight end, Westover. They'll use Bernard a little bit. He only has nine catches, but um, he can get out there. Uh, you know, it, it's – okay, so prior to this season, Shell, Washington had eight games in its entire school history. Entire school history in which two players had 100 receiving yards. This season, that's happened in all four games. Dang. In all four games, Washington has had two players with 100 yards. Uh, through the first four games, they've had 39 plays that have gone 20 yards or more. That's the most in college football um, this season. They have 40-plus points in the first four games, the first time that has happened at Washington since 1944. Now, their run game actually isn't crazy impressive. But the thing is, Washington has a similar approach to Arizona in that they're not going to force the issue. The strength of Washington is clearly in the passing game. So the leading carries guy on Washington is Dylan Johnson, and he has 25 carries through four games. So, I mean, his, his season high is 10 carries in a game. Um, they're not going to force the issue. Now, Dylan Johnson actually is pretty good. He's averaging six yards a carry uh, against Cal. He had 66 yards in the touchdown. Michigan State, he had 71 yards. But they're not forcing the issue. I mean, they're not giving it to Johnson or Rodgers or, or, or Nixon and saying, you know what, we're going to establish the run here. Instead, what they're doing is they're running is basically a change of pace for them because their power, their their skill level is is in the – the passing game and they'll even run with their wide receivers i mean polk has a 27 yard touchdown on the ground mcmillan has a rushing touchdown a dunesay has a rushing touchdown so their wide receivers their three starting wide receivers also happen to have one rushing touchdown each so they have legs mm-hmm. and they can run is what you're saying yes all right um why do you think the huskies look better than last season so washington is unique because they weren't killed by the transfer portal. Uh, they have 70 players on offense and 70 players on defense who started at least one game for the Huskies prior to this season. That is a, a lot. Um, you know, entering the year, the 17 players combined for 145 starts and the defensive players combined for 156 starts. It's a lot. I mean, in, in you know, we say it in basketball all the time, in, in football, it's the same deal. If you can avoid getting your team poached by the transfer portal and actually just add players. Just half the battle. And Arizona did pretty well with that too. You're going to be better. And Washington's offense was stupid good last year. Um, And then everyone came back. The skill guys came back. They added a solid running back in Johnson. Michael Penix came back. Tight end. I mean, so, so when you're returning talent and you're comfortable in a system that's already really good, um, it makes everything much easier. 
like on paper, Arizona should have been in a similar situation where you return most of your skill guys, your quarterbacks, whatever. For for whatever reason, it hasn't been the case. Even though Arizona's averaging thirty one points a game, Washington's averaging one hundred and forty. So, um, <laughs> I think really it is that there hasn't been a transition on the offensive side of the ball, and for the most part, the defensive side of the ball. They're playing dudes that are comfortable in their system, and so they can focus on. Uh, making it better as opposed to spending the entire camp installing stuff and things like that. All righty. Johnny Nansen mentioned limiting explosive plays. Just how explosive is this offense? All right, I'm going to run. Is it like a kaboom or is it like kaboom? Yeah, I'm going to run off a bunch of stats, and it's going to become very obvious very quickly. Okay. 39 plays from scrimmage of 20 or more yards in four games. So basically, they are averaging 10 plays a game of 20 or more yards. Dang. <laughs> That's the highest in the nation by far. They also lead the nation with 23 plays of 30 yards or more, which is four more than second place. 32 passes of 20 or more yards, 18 of 30 or more for Michael Penix, top in the nation. He leads FBS with 62 completions of 10 yards or more, which is eight more than the second quarterback in the nation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me keep going. Yeah, I'm good. I got Rama Dunze leads the nation with 24 receptions of 10 plus and 13 of 20 plus. And Polk is fourth in the nation with <laughs> nine for 20 plus. All right. Uh, last year, Washington finished season with 62 passing plays for 20 or more yards, which was tied for most, eighth most in the nation. Uh, they led the nation last year with 193 plays of 10 or more yards. Their whole offense is based on explosiveness. If you could somehow take that away from them, that's probably when they're going to lose. The problem is no one has really taken that away from them. Like, even when Arizona was in the game last year, because remember, Arizona was in that game. Yeah, they were. It was 42 to 35, I think, or something like that. Um, I don't know what it was. But it was a close, it was a one-touchdown game going to the last seven minutes. Um, and, but it wasn't because of the defense. Like, Michael Penix finished with over 500 yards. That's the type of game that eventually Washington's going to lose. It's just the defense probably doesn't show up because it is very um, unlikely, let's just say that. that That's the offense is a problem. That it's, that it's going to be the offense. When you look at, and by the way, Michael Penix is completing 75% of his passes this year too. Great. When you look at his career, and the games that he has struggled in, uh, it is very rare. Like, against UCLA last year, he had two picks, but he still threw for 345 yards. But they lost that game. But they lost that game scoring 32 points, right? Um, he had two picks. Uh, that was the only game he had two picks in at, at any point last year, right? So there were other games where he had one pick or whatever. But you look at Washington's losses, it was that game against UCLA, and then against ASU, 
They still scored 38 points. He still ran. I'm sorry, he still passed for 300 yards, but ASU held him to no passing touchdowns. He was only sacked five times the entire season. You have to find ways to confuse him and make him uncomfortable. Or you're just going to go out there and say, look, and I asked Jed Fish this today at the press. I said, look, do you go in a game like this saying, if we're going to win this game, we have to score X amount of points? And he said, no, not really. He says, you look at the Dolphins, for instance, and they played the Patriots and they won with 24 points or whatever, and then the next week they're scoring 70. You can't really predict that. The reality is that I'm sure Jed Fish in his head says, look, if we, if we don't score 35 points in this game, it's going to be really hard to win. Uh, offensive coordinator Brendan Carroll said, I'm not stupid. This isn't going to be a 10-point, you know, grinded-out ACC or AFC-NFC 1960s game. Um, you have to take away or find a way to limit. You're not going to take them away. You have to find a way to limit explosive plays. And Washington's entire offense, more than any offense in the country, is built around those explosive plays. Wow, this is sounding really good for Washington. Um, well, most of the focus, obviously, is on the offense. But who sticks out to you on Washington's defense? So what's happening this season, Shell, is Washington is getting out to big leads. And when you get out to a big lead against offenses that aren't great, because Washington really hasn't faced a, a very good offense yet this year. I'm not even sure if they faced an average offense. Cal doesn't have a good offense. Michigan State doesn't have a good offense. Boise doesn't have a good offense. But what happens is, once you get a lead, you know that the other team has to pass, right? So what do you do? You go right after that quarterback. And so what Washington is doing is they're able to force turnovers because, as Jet Fish said today, they're just letting the, the defensive ends loose. And they're saying, go get them, right? We're not going to worry about coverage or anything like that. We're up. They're throwing. Go get them. Um, you know, it's interesting. Braylon Trice is probably the best defensive player in the conference. He doesn't have a sack yet this season, um, which is wild. But he played in 13 games last year. was a first-team All-Pac-12, second-team All-American, had nine sacks, preseason All-American from a lot of outlets, Arizona guy. Um, he's a guy where if Jed Fish was here, they would have found a way to at least have Trice take them seriously or get out there or whatever. But um, Trice in Arizona, when he came out of high school, wasn't even a thing. Um, so that's the guy that Arizona's really got to watch out for. I don't know if they have anybody necessarily. Have a, they have a couple strong guys on defense, but there's no, like, holy crap, Michael Penix, you know, is the best player in the nation type of deal. Trice is very good defensively. Um, a guy that I've actually been impressed by is a transfer cornerback, Jabbar Muhammad from Oklahoma State. Um, watching them, he's done very well. Dominique Hampton at the other spot. Their corners aren't bad. Their safeties is where you're going to want to attack them a, a little bit. But overall, you know, their their defense isn't spectacular, but it doesn't need to be when you're putting up those points. It, it's And look, you know, like people look at Cal, and Cal's put up 500 yards. And one of the reasons why Cal put up 500 yards is because they were getting their ass kicked so badly um, that Cal was just going to throw it deep every play and see what happens. So we'll see. I mean, again, Washington has not faced a good offense yet. Um, so we'll see what happens, but the defense is still solid and, and they're forcing uh, turnovers and in, in, in interceptions in a way that they didn't really do uh, last year. Okay. Well, uh, talking about Arizona a little bit, let's say just circumstances that Noah Fafita starts. How does this matchup line up for him? Yeah, so my guess as of recording is that Noah's going to start. 
Uh, do, is that a 100% decided fact? No. Jed Fish said it'll probably be decided game time on Saturday. I don't buy it. I think it's been decided tonight at the time of recording or tomorrow morning or whatever. Uh, I find it hard to believe they're going to tell Noah at 4 o'clock on Saturday, hey, by the way, you're starting. Uh, Jane and Delora, I don't know if you practice yet at the time of this recording, but I know that on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, he did not practice. Um, Jed said he didn't practice yesterday, so, so Jaden hasn't practiced, so there's a decision to be made there. How much do you trust a quarterback that hasn't practiced? Now, again, Jaden Delora last year against Washington was absolutely fantastic. I mean, he was really good. I know he struggled at times this season, but against Washington, he was awesome. Uh, you are throwing Noah Fafita to the Wolves Poor in kid. this one, right? I mean, let's just be honest. If he starts this game to get your first career start in a game where everybody knows you're probably going to have to score 35 points to have a chance, there's a lot of pressure, right? And there's pressure on Arizona's defense, maybe more so than the offense. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you're basically saying, hey, look, you got to go against a super athletic defense. Their best defensive players, their defensive end, he's going to come at you. Uh, and you need to be able to find a way um, to move the ball. It, it's not a great matchup for him. You could look at it in the optimistic view, which is like, hey, no one is expecting Arizona to win. You're three touchdown underdogs. Let it fly. What is the worst that can happen? Trickery. Um, now, Noah's the guy where he's always, he's very even-mannered, even-keeled, confident kid. He's always going to be the same. He's not going to get rattled. Um, is it a good matchup for him? No, you'd rather it be last week where his first career start is against UTEP or whatever it was, right? Stanford, whatever. Um, but he at least got some action last week. And, you know, Jed Fish's offensive game plan isn't going to change because Noah Fafita's got quarterback. The confidence in running that system is still there. Um, if it was Braden Dorman or Cole Tenenbaum, it'd probably change with Noah Fafita. Uh, it will not. It's really the you know the beginning of potentially a a fairy tale moment you know for this young kid coming in i mean let's just be honest if, if arizona beats washington noah's a legend forever yeah like, let's look like, at it that way forever and i will go as far as to say i don't see even if Jaden is healthy if arizona beats washington and noah plays well i can't fathom jed taking the podium on monday and saying good game noah Jaden Dolores are starting quarterback this weekend against Ooh, USC. That would be ice cold, The man. public sentiment would be, it might be the only time besides like the loss to NAU where Jed would take some heat from Tucson. Now, if they win and Noah played poorly, it's a lot easier to do that. I don't know how they would win without him playing well, but okay. Does it swarm, baby? Uh, fingers crossed. Oh, God, does it swarm? <laughs> fingers crossed. Oh, um, all the right. Husky and a Wildcat fought who would win. Hmm. I rest my case. I don't know. Wildcats are freaking mean. Really? Like in the yeah, real obviously world. a wildcat would kill a husky, Shelby. I'm just saying it's a really good. People will say that you remind them of a wildcat because you're very. Because I'm crazy. Yeah, you're crazy and mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I like that comparison. Yeah. I'll take it. Um, what's the path to victory for Arizona? Who that dare? Um, <laughs> uh, it's very simple, Shelby. Score points. It's very simple for me to say. Execution's Defense. different. Defense. Yeah. Uh, forget all that. Arizona has to find a way to turn Washington over. If Washington d and win the turnover battle. If Washington doesn't turn the ball over, they have a clean game, Arizona has basically no chance. Like, none. 
If you somehow force a fumble, maybe Michael Penix throws an interception, now you're cooking. Get under right? their skin. Uh, I would let everything loose, right? You, you're going to run, and now you have a feeling this is what we're going to see too. Formations that you haven't run this season, but you've practiced, bring them out. Defensive looks that you've practiced, but you haven't shown in a game, bring them out. Bring them out, bring them out. Speedy Luke, he's got speed. Bring them out. Yeah, use him more than you have, and I have a feeling that they are. Um, because, again, uh, I think Michael Wiley is very doubtful for Saturday. Um, you know, it's you, you got to force a turnover or two. Uh, I think the, you got to get a lead on Washington. Uh, you know, Washington's defense is successful, as I said before, when they have a lead and they can let loose. Be aggressive. Um, I'm curious to see if Jetfish tries to control the clock a little bit more than normal. Or if they click, you know, they, you know, he kind of insinuated and said, look, Stanford did it. We only got three drives, real drives in the second half. If you can somehow come up a way, come up with a way that Washington only gets six drives in a game, you're golden. Because all you have to do is stop them on four or six, right? And then 28 points. You're probably beating Washington. Easier said than done. Um, the path to victory is narrow, but we've seen scenarios like this before in the stadium where... Weird shit happens. Family it's weekend, sold out. sold out, red out, desert. Even with Washington, weird stuff has happened. You got to embrace the weirdness. That's and I know there's nothing Arizona could do to do that. There's no path to victory there, but weird stuff happens. It's going to be situation. a vibe. So to me, though, the the, the thing is, you got to control the game, uh, and you got to you got to force multiple turnovers. Or I, I just I have a really hard time seeing Arizona win. Okay. Well, uh, the final magical question after you've given us all of that very cheerful information. What is your prediction, Jason Shear? Uh, Would it shock me if this game was close for three quarters? No. I think that Arizona can make this a little weird. Uh, Would it shock me if Arizona won this game? Yes. This would be... The type of win that is nationally like, like again, Arizona by the time this game kicks off is going to be a three touchdown underdog. Washington has the current leader in the Heisman race and the best offense in the country right now. They would be going and facing a team that last year won five games and had one of the worst defenses in the nation. It would be a massive, it would be the type of upset where on Sunday we're writing an article about the 10 biggest upsets in Arizona stadium history. Seriously, 21 points. I'd have to look. Um, I don't. I just don't see it. I, and I actually think Arizona matches up better with a team like USC than it does Washington because I think that Kalen DeBoer, the Washington head coach, knows what he has in his offense and embraces it, where sometimes like Lincoln Riley gets a little too cute with what he wants to do with USC's offense. Uh, I'm picking Washington 49, Arizona 31. Dang. You're not loyal. I was going to say a YG lyric, but I would Jason only believes in cold, hard facts, and those are boring. So, um, okay, so I wasn't sure. If you guys know, if you remember from last season, I always pick Arizona. On the podcast, she'd always pick Arizona, and then in the actual prediction, she'd give her real prediction. Um, So... I, I do um, usually stick stick with the bit. But in this case, looking wow. at the stat wow. sheet and the cold wow. hard facts, this is happening. I am still picking Arizona. <laughs> yes. Suck it, Jason. Yeah, um, I will say Arizona 
45 and Washington in the 30s. How's that? I need a score, Shelby. Fine. I don't know. 45 to 38? Yeah, there we go. Perfect. Shelby, if you're right, I'll make love to you. That'll be <laughs> yes. your prize. Yes. It's a prize that everyone wants. Uh, well, we're so not going to share that. But only on so many can have. A podcast. Um, yeah, we'll keep that private. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so that's my prediction. After Arizona wins, they'll be saying, who that there? Because I just have to think, like, that's my fairy tale moment. Like, would I actually pick Arizona and they actually yeah. win like that? It would be they, amazing. And if they win, Shelby, can you give us a percentage on me having to pick you up from the local county jail? <laughs> Uh, it's pretty for high. kicking indoors. Yeah, it's pretty at the bar. It's gonna get pretty ugly around here in a good um, But uh, I think I'll try to behave at least try. to not. Notice you didn't say she will. She try. <laughs> I've had some crazy moments in Arizona. Do or Stadium. do not. There is no try. That's right, Yoda. All right. It. Well, bear down. We're gonna be back tomorrow night with a recap of the red and blue showcase. Don't call the red and blue game. Red and blue game, cause I don't like change. I'm not calling it a showcase. Not sure why you're yelling at me. I had nothing to do with it. I blame you. Bear down. Bear down. And let us remind you all that Shelby actually hates Washington because when Steve Sarkeesian was the coach, we were in the same room as him and he proceeded to absolutely shit on Nick Foles. He trashed my Nicky. And I had to hold Shelby back from attacking. He was like, you better behave. And I was like, oh yeah, watch this. Yeah, it was ugly, folks.